legacy I don't care if they remember me Only Jesus Welcome to another broadcast. This is once again Dreamwalker 1960. As a reminder, you can read the transcripts of all my podcasts at dreamwalker1960.com. Also, you do not need to download Podbean if you wish to listen. You can listen on Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music or Audible, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Today, we begin a look into the book of Daniel. This was originally published on my blog site in 2016, and once again, contains references to the John Wolford Prophecy Commentaries, which I once again recommend. The main challenge that the book of Daniel encounters comes from those that believe the book was not written by Daniel and in turn was not written in 540 to 530 BC. Many imply the book was written in the 200 BC time frame. Why is this so important? Why must we accept and understand that the book of Daniel was written by Daniel and complete before his death, which is as stated that occurred in 530 BC? This is the dilemma. First off, you need to understand that this book was not just written for the Jewish people as all the other books of the Old Testament were originally written for. This book was also written for the Gentiles and signaled the beginning of the rule of the Gentile nations over the world. This is seen in the way Daniel wrote this book. The beginning and the end of the book is written in Hebrew, as all other books of the Old Testament were written, with the exception of Ezra. The middle of the book, though, is written in Aramaic, from chapters 2 and verse 4 through chapters 7 through verse 28. This is the common tongue of the time throughout the Middle East. It also stayed this way well into the time of the Roman Empire. It is still used in some form by many Middle Eastern Christian churches. This also foreshadows the fact that the entire book we now call the Bible would come to be and designed for all of humanity that were and are willing to learn and listen to what is within it. These parts of the book of Daniel that were written in Aramaic deal specifically with Gentile nations within the Middle East. For the focal point is the nation of Israel. So it deals only with those nations that have an effect upon it, which includes Greece and the Roman Empire. This is something that really needs to be understood. Many in today's Christian culture reject in some part the Judaism of the Old Testament. They feel that only Christianity is the focal point of the Bible. This is the furthest thing from the truth. Abraham is the father of the Jewish and as well as the Islamic nations. Jesus, the Son of God, was born to a descendant of David. Both Joseph and Mary have a direct lineage to David, the first king of the United Tribes of Israel. Christianity came from Jesus Christ, who was raised upon the books of the Old Testament. At the age of 12, his knowledge of these books, which included Daniel, far exceeded the understanding of the Tanakh by the Pharisees and Sadducees at that time, and was noted as such in Luke 2, 46-47. So Christianity is the grandchild of Abraham, and the Bible teaches that we must honor our fathers and mothers, even to the point of the source of our faith. 
So any that deny Israel and the Jewish people deny God. This non-focus on Israel as the focal point has led to many misinterpretations of this book by those that have not taken the time to truly study the Bible and history itself. This is why it is extremely important to study the Bible, not just read it. As is the case of the book of Daniel, knowing history is extremely important as well. For within the book of Daniel is facts related to not only Israel, but Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and the Roman Empire. Without knowledge of this history of these nations, misunderstanding the book of Daniel comes into play and so causes the rise of false teachings and teachers, which is predicted by Jesus Christ in the Olivet Discourse. First, we need to understand the four Gentile world-dominant kingdoms. As mentioned before, these are Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. The last of these is the most complicated to understand, but when taken in context with the statue of the four layers, you come to a better understanding and once again see that Israel is the focal point as well. Babylon is the first major empire of any true note that affected the Middle Eastern area. Many times this empire changed hands, but the one that dealt with Israel was the Assyrian rule which began in 911 BC and ended during the book of Daniel in 619 BC. This version of the empire at its apex, which is approximately 671 BC, reached from the Persian Gulf to the Mediterranean and down into Egypt itself. The border cities were Susa, Ekbatna, Musasir, Tushpa, Kanish, Tarsus, and Duma and reach down into Jeb in Egypt. To give you a more up-to-date imagery, the eastern border would conform, for the most part, to the border between Iraq and Iran. The northern border went from Van, Turkey, to Lake Tuz, just southeast of Ankara. The western border starts at the north at this lake, down to between Salifka and Adana, along the entire eastern seacoast of the Mediterranean. It then extended into Egypt, just west of Al-Haman, down south to Mut, and then met the Red Sea near Al-Haib. Its southern border extended from the Gulf of Aqaba in a near straight line to the Persian Gulf. Why have I gone into such detail describing this area? Is this due to the fact that this area is all the land mass that the book of Daniel deals with? Even though Greece and Rome are not in this area today, at one point during their conquest, they held domain over this area, which is why they are part of the prophecies within the book of Daniel. The landmass within these prophecies never changes. However, the effect of each of these empires, especially the last, does constitute the overall lands and cultures they have affected due to their existence within the Gentile world. So, to make this clear, the prophecies within the book of Daniel deal exclusively within the lands of the Middle East that deal with the original borders of the Babylonian Assyrian Empire. In today's term, that means Egypt, Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Kuwait, and parts of Saudi Arabia and Turkey. So when a direction is mentioned within the prophecy, it conforms to an area within these boundaries. In the book 
of Revelations, this area also conforms to the boundaries of the city of New Jerusalem. In the prophecy of the statue, four nations are referenced to, but not truly identified. The head, however, is shown to be Babylon. Yet the others, even though described, are not given identity. This changes in chapter 7. Here the nations are given identification for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. So let's start to explore this part of the book of Daniel and see if we can start to work our way through the dilemma this book has caused throughout the centuries. So we will look at the four kingdoms that are first shown in the statue dream of Daniel chapter 2. Daniel 7.4 The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground, like a human being. And it was given a human mind. At the time of this prophecy, the royal palace had statues of winged lions at its gate, which was one of the factors in agreement that this is a representation of at the least Nebuchadnezzar and at the most an imagery of Babylon itself. To quote the commentary by John F. Fulford, In spite of the power indicated in this symbolism, Daniel saw the beast become manlike. This is most commonly interpreted as the symbolism representing of Nebuchadnezzar's experience in chapter 4 when he was humbled before God and made to realize, even though he was a great ruler, he was only a man. His lion-like character, or royal power, was his only at God's pleasure. This symbolism is accurate and corresponds to the historical facts. So in all scholarly studies of this verse, it is agreed that this is an image of Babylon and the first empire of the Gentiles. The next verse should describe the next empire in the chain. Daniel 7.5 Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was reared up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up. Devour the flesh of many people. The imagery suggested by this verse shows a strong, yet less refined empire that has one side stronger than the other. The Persian side being stronger than the Midian part, which the former had taken over from the latter before it moved against other kingdoms. This is shown in the imagery of defeating and devouring three kingdoms, thus the three ribs. That being Lydia, Babylon, and Egypt. The bear is also known to be a more ferocious animal than other animals in the animal kingdom as seen within the biblical times. Daniel 7 verse 6 Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four bird's wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Starting with the image of a leopard, it is an imagery within the Bible of something not as grand as the lion, but known for its swiftness. This is amplified by the four wings upon its back. The four heads indicate a division into four parts, but of equal power and control. The conquest of Alexander was extremely swift. Upon his death at 32, the Greek Empire was given to his four top generals, and their power was divided equally. Daniel 7 7 through 8. Then, in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. 
It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. One of the main tendencies of the Roman Empire was to remove the culture from those that dominated it. This was accomplished through death, destruction, and an insistence of following Roman law. In some areas, they tried different tactics, but in the end, it resulted in their mainstay as mentioned above. This is clearly shown in 70 AD when the last temple was destroyed and the Israeli nation scattered throughout the Roman Empire and then the world. A great debate still continues into the description to who or what the little horn is that replaces the three of the ten horns. Has it or will it happen? At this time, it is still open for debate. What is made clear is that it is not the little horn of chapter 8. That little horn has been identified as Antiochus Epiphanes. He is called this due to his representation of the little horn still to come, that being the Antichrist. What is known for sure is that Antiochus IV Epiphanes did abolish the worship of God by the Jewish people, and he did defile the temple in the 160s BC by establishing the worship of Zeus within the temple and the sacrifice of pigs upon the altar. Antiochus Epiphanes is described by many to be an imagery of the Antichrist that is yet to come during the time of the tribulation. In recent times, another foreshadowing of the coming Antichrist appeared that being the Obama presidency of the United States. This imagery of the little horn came to power and brought devastation to this Christian nation by making it possible to fulfill the words of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, 10-12 And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Again, a foreimage of the true Antichrist yet to appear. As you ponder what you just heard, we will end this week's study of the Daniel Dilemma. God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. And I